Evan Ingram won't be out there today. He'll be in, inside rehabbing. OV's coming along, and Eli Apple's coming along. So those are the three that you may have questions about. Uh, otherwise, you know, we just have the normal after-game wear and tear that you normally have. That was a physical game. And, um, you know, as we get back and get going again, uh, it's been a good couple of days. Um, I told the team, I said, it's, it's not quite as painful, but it's just as important to go through the mistakes and correct them after a uh, win as it is after a loss. And I think they handled that pretty well. So we're getting ready for hopefully what, what would become our best Wednesday of the year. So I'll take the question. What is coming along mean for those two guys? And what, what are They're getting better. You, you talking about Eli and OV? Yeah, they can do anything on the field. Today. We're hopeful. Yeah, they'll, they should be out there on the field. So again, we're hopeful that they'll be, they'll be back. So, you know, high ankle sprain and then a groin, you know, there's, there's not always, um, you know, a timeline on those. Individual drills for those or not quite yet? They'll be doing some stuff, yeah. Um, it's hard to say right now. <coughs> Pat, Eli Manning said after the game that he thought you guys condensed the offense. Was, is that accurate? What did he mean by that? Uh, yeah, I think what I tried to do was um, make sure we were running things that, you know, we were familiar with. And then by the way they played coverage, I was able to repeat some calls and you know, that's always a good thing. So um, by the way it played out, we had just as much offense, but by the way it got called because we were able to complete some stuff. Ooh, you got, what happened to you? <laughs> See, you can take a punch too, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's an important trait. Uh, anyways, no, but by the way the game got called, uh, you know, it, it probably seemed that way. When you go into a game like this against an explosive offense, do you think in any way that it's going to be a shootout? You have to prepare for it that way? No, I mean, we got to play the game like we play it, and it's important that we get big plays, but it's also important that we move the ball and score. I, I think that's, that's the most important piece is to score and continue to score however you do it. And sometimes it takes you a while. Sometimes you get a big play and do it quickly. You know, it just we'll just have to see how that plays out. Um, you know, on defense, when you when you watch the way they play, you know they're schemed up. They're five on a line defense, just like we are in base. So, uh, and they're uh, you know they like to play man coverage, although they have played a healthy amount of zone in stretches this year. So, you know we got to be ready to attack everything, and then just kind of change gears if they're giving us a little more of one thing than we expected. Pat, do you see differences in the Saints when they're between inside and outside? I don't know. Some some people have said that they're more explosive uh, at home in the dome and all that. I I I don't know. They're pretty explosive on offense. You know, Alvin Kamara is a tremendous player. They target him quite a bit. Drew Brees and number 13 is a good player as well. So, and then they do a good job up front. You know, they do enough to keep you off balance. And you you know you're dealing with a guy that's you know Drew Brees, who's one of the best. Pat, Brees is obviously 39. Your quarterback is 37. They're both playing at times like they did in their early 30s. Right. Is there a reason why some quarterbacks can thrive so late in their careers? Well, they're both outstanding players. And I think I said it you know, either was Monday or yesterday. There's no, there's no substitute for experience, especially when you're a, you know, well, you know, performing guys you know, like they are. I mean, they're, they're good players. And so it doesn't surprise me. You know, I think... In this game, at, at certain positions, you know, as long as your legs and your arms stay good, you know, you, you have a chance to continue to play. 
And I think that's what you're seeing from, from both Eli and, and Drew. Did you notice anything different from your offensive line attitude-wise? It seemed like there was a little bit more like nastiness on some of those blocks uh, on Sunday. Well, I think I mentioned this. I think you know the new the new guy in there. There was two new guys really. Well, half a new guy because Greco played part of the, the the Dallas game. But I thought Chad did a good job of finishing blocks, and you know because it was fresh and watching him play. And then I thought the other guys, you know, I think uh, the enthusiasm that that we showed. You know, I told the players, you know, the t the guys that were here a year ago field three and 13, the guys that were here just for the first time this year felt 0 and 2. So when the game gets to one score, you know, if, you know, we've all been places where all, oh, you know, the, the other shoe's going to fall. Well, you know, that wasn't the case. We, we kind of dug in and I thought the enthusiasm that the players played with helped kind of fuel that because throughout the game, I never had a sense that, that we were going to lose it. You seen out of Nate Solder. It looked like he might have had one of his better run blocking games on Sunday. Three weeks in, what do you make of, of him so far? Well, he's a steady performer. You know, good. You know, great, good. I mean, you know, he plays well and plays pretty steady all the time, whether it's in practice or in the game. And that's the way he lives his life. That's the way. That's his mindset. And he's out there today trying to get better than he was yesterday. So, um, very steady guy. And um, He's really added a lot to our to our team. Uh, when you when you signed Nate, you you made a point to call Eric and and let him know how this was going to affect him. Did right. you have a similar conversation with him after this change, this most recent change? Yeah, we talked about we were making the change. So yeah, I communicate. We I I, I and you know I, when I say I, we as coaches communicate with the players frequently about things we see and like and things we see and don't like, and you know that's the business. That's the day-to-day -day business that nobody sees, but we're just open and honest about it, and you know, and, and I think the players have responded well to that. And I, but I, I do think that's the way you got to live your life. You know? How did he handle it in your estimation? He handled it like most guys would. What does that mean? Okay, coach. <coughs> you know, that was it. I mean, it wasn't. Not enough there for a miniseries, you know. What I mean, it's just a, you know, just okay, you know. And then part of the conversation was you need to be ready to go because you're the third tackle, so keep your mind into it. And if you get back out there, play well. So. Pat, you gave an uptick of, of snaps to Rhett Ellis. So can you just talk about what he's brought to, especially yeah. with that reconfigured offensive line, what he yeah. brings to that? No, I'm a, I'm fond of Rhett and who he is as a player and a person. Um, he epitomizes what uh, the, a player that you want on your team. You know, he's very good at what he does. Uh, he can line up anywhere. He finds a way to make plays. And, it's, you know, it's, and some guys just have a knack for that. Uh, he finds a way to make plays. Very trustworthy and very tough. And he's wired like a football player. And that's what you're looking for. Um, I, made the, I made the analogy, and this, this probably isn't fair because I don't know Mark Bavaro that well. But I sensed the same kind of aura when I met him the other night. Just a tough guy that's just going to do what he's asked and let the chips fall. And that's what Red is. He seems like he, he doesn't quite have the same skill set as, as Evan. So how do you how do you sort of replace Evan's role in the offense, or do you just say? We just go out and play, and then there's certain you know there's a few little things that you would only do with Evan in there, 
and then there's other things that we'll do with with red in there we just tweak it and there's plenty of plays and we'll just kind of tailor it toward what those guys can do um i don't know we've had success in empty in the past um you know i think what happens with in empty and most quarterbacks like it because just get everybody as far away from me as possible can I, so I can see the problems and then give me some quick throws in case I got a problem. You know, and then, you know, I think most quarterbacks that are drop back style guys like empty. Every team employs empty now. It's just, it's in the handbook, you know, and then there's a certain amount of things that we'll always be able to do each week in empty. What do you see from snaps? I mean, you got a first hand look at it now. Yeah. He had like seven tackles and 35. Yeah. No. That's Pretty, Pretty good contact with the ball for a defensive nose man, you know, a nose tackle was really good, you know, and he had, I think he played 35 plays, which is pretty good load for him. And no, he's tough, competitive, you know, he gets himself ready to play every Sunday and um, he's hard to block in there. And, and I think that contributes to our ability to start the normal down, the normal situation when they're in big people run game. Snacks can be a force. When you're a coach, do you almost have to say, when you have a guy like that on the other team, when we're running, like we just have to not go in that. Like we can't just go pound the ball in the middle against this team because he's just. No, I mean you got to try to run your runs, but certainly you know when you're putting your run game together, you say, okay, how are we going to handle snacks? You have a running back that that catches a lot of more passes coming out of the backfield. Right. And they've got one that's very similar, sure. and they like to use him in that regard. So what's the challenge when you're defending against that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a challenge because he's like a, he's like a receiver. He's quick. He's instinctive. He catches the ball well. He runs well after the catch. So we need to go – when we're matched up one-on-one, we've got to cover him, you know, cover him well. And then certainly when we play zone and try to throw a net around him, we've got to make sure if he catches the ball, then we tackle him. So that's, that's the challenge there. Pat, I know stats and analytics don't tell even a quarter of the story, but what have you seen from your safeties? It seems like, you know, from the outside looking in there, they've been kind of quiet in terms of big plays and whatnot. Yeah, I think you know, that, that that's okay if, if you're keeping them out of the end zone. That, that's sort of my, my take on it. And we got to be careful to read too much into stats here in the first month. You know, as we get playing here, you know, by midseason, you kind of get settled in on some of that stuff. But it's team defense, and it's about keeping them out of the end zone. Um, phrases I'm not fond of, you know, bend, don't break, or, you know, make up your own. You know, you don't want them to move the ball, number one, but you want to keep them out of the end zone, and that's, that's the primary focus of playing defense. And, you know, our safeties have been contributing to that effort. DJ? Last one. Thank you. When you look at your offense on Sunday, other than the quarterback, you can name at least four players who had enormous plays in that game. How much closer is that to the offense you design and the offense you feel like you're calling? I think that's the best way to play ball because uh, the ball gets spread around for the right reasons, you know. And then we got to give them concepts that they can work with and all that. And you know, our marquee players, so to speak, need to touch the ball. But it, you know, when when you look at a I would have liked to score in two more touchdowns. You know, I think that's the most important piece. So if only one guy touches it and you score two more touchdowns, hey, hooray. But in reality, I think if eight or nine guys touch the ball, 
then when you look at that from the defensive side of things, you say, okay, no, we got to just play team defense. And, you know, the last play of the, that we scored on when Shep caught the under route, you know, that was designed to go to Odell. They doubled Odell. He beat the double, but I don't know how Eli would have known it. So he, he got off it and threw the ball to Shep. And then the guy that was most happy that Shep caught the ball was Odell. So, you know, if you think about it, this is team and whether you play defensive team and keep them out of the end zone or you play offensive team ball and you don't really care who touches the ball and you get the ball in the end zone, that's really what we're striving for.